Welcome to the new Office Hours by College Fashionista. It's your host, Amy Levin here. What you can expect from our relaunch show is to hear from people who really interest us and are doing something inspiring in the field they are in. Our name changed a bit, our format changed a bit, our programming changed a bit, but our core values at College Fashionista are the same. We're here to help improve your careers and leave you feeling more optimistic about the future. All of our episodes are going to be phone calls that we have with guests around the world. Without further ado, I welcome Hillary Kerr and Catherine Power, the duo behind Click Media Group, the home of College Fashionista. Hey guys. Hi. So I'm here with Hillary Kerr and Catherine Power. And it's so hard to believe that CF has been a part of CMG for one year now. I know. Well, this is kind of how we met. We did your <laughs> podcast. Exactly. How long ago was that? That was May 2016. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy to have time fun. I know. It's actually, like, a little disturbing and weird, if, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> I agree. I mean, this past year when I was thinking of of this podcast and the first time we met and where we've come in the past, you know, year and a half, I, I can't believe how much our business has grown and our curriculum program and our CF Clubhouse, which was fantastic, and even the way our brand looks and feels. It's just been such tremendous growth for, for the business and our community. And, you know, now that you've seen how our business operates, what excites you guys both the most about College Fashionista and the audience that we're speaking to? It's just this amazing group of students that is so excited about the College Fashionista brand, which which is just, like, so inspiring to me. So anytime we get to see, you know, the videos that are created or, or you know, what your team is doing on campus, um, it's honestly so inspiring because, you know, we're creating these products for um, for young women. And so we want to, any way that we can see these people in real life or connect with them, I mean, we're like behind a computer. So it's so exciting to have this offline audience that we can, you know, uh, see and talk to and, and share information with. Um, I just think the, the fact that you're this, this offline community is so exciting to us. And, um, you know, Gen Z is such an interesting um, uh, generation that we are, you know, learning so much about right now. And it's so important to us as we build, you know, the, the future of our business to be closer to that generation. So it's really been exciting. I mean, I nearly fell over at the clubhouse <laughs> to some of the girls who were there in attendance because everyone was so excited and so smart and so driven and asked the most intelligent questions. And it made me feel so optimistic about the future because I feel like I look at, think about how I was when I was, you know, sort of college age and I had no idea what was going on. I had no purpose or drive or focus. I definitely did not have my life together the way these girls do. And that part is also, that just makes me really excited about the future, thinking about these are the young women who are moving in to businesses, who are going to become entrepreneurs, who are really going to change the workplace in so many ways. And the fact that they are, to Catherine's point, 
so passionate about the brand is just an absolute thrill and delight on every level. Yeah, I love doing events and I always tell people who are first learning about the business or when we have new team members start, come to an event. Like immediately you'll see the connection in what College Trash needs to stand for and why we're all so inspired by our work here. And I'm really happy that you guys have been able to have a more intimate look at that through the clubhouse. And we're about to go on tour next week to a bunch of campuses. And I know we're going to continue to do a lot of on-campus offline activations. And that still is my favorite part because being able to observe the behaviors of this audience and connect with them in person is really just such a special feeling that, Catherine, like you said, like we're behind our computer and you you just don't get that one-to-one interaction. Right. No, and it's like a real sisterhood. I mean, it's just the spirit in the room and the fact it was like a thousand degrees in New York that day (laughs) and people were jam-packed in that room. It was like standing room only and they were so excited and brought so much vitality to the, the panel and to the room with their amazing questions, and it just, I don't know, it's, you can't manufacture that. That comes from a really organic place, and I think that's also something that's incredibly exciting. Yeah, no, for sure. There were a lot of unexpected things that happened, and I know, I, I would think, like, with the heater, you know, a design element went wrong, and it doesn't phase them. They're just like, we love CF. Yeah. We love the community. You could put us in, you know, anywhere and we'd be happy to be there and um you know that's something that we talk about is we're like we overproduce all these events and we spend so much time thinking about all the details and I think they're just as happy to meet at a coffee shop and hang out with us so um it's pretty great but in general since you know prior to CF joining you know you guys have been a pretty millennial focused business what are the strong differences that you guys have observed between a Gen Z or versus a millennial differences and I think it's more uh, there's even more of a contrast with you know the older millennials but millennials are very optimistic you know they they were told growing up that they could you know achieve anything they want and um, I think Gen Z has a much more pragmatic view uh, on the world and on you know on their career and they want to do anything they can to gain the experience necessary to get ahead. Um, I think they, you know, Gen Z saw their family members go through the recession. So it's kind of made them, you know, have to be much more prepared for, for their career. And I think, you know, to Hillary's point, they're just so much more advanced um, than millennials or uh, Gen X, certainly. Um, because they have access to so much more information than, than we did. And um, they really have such an um, you know, uh, excitement around constant learning in a way that I think that you know, millennial and Gen Z didn't as much. Yeah. And I, I'm even seeing from you know, our students now who I talk to about their careers on a regular basis that – they're not all wanting to be entrepreneurs and start their own businesses, where our millennial students were so obsessed with that. That's all they wanted to know, you know, when I would talk to them, <laughs> is how do, how do we start our own company? And I'm like, oi, right. if you only knew. Well, again, it's a much more pragmatic approach. To, yes. You know? They and should... I think that really kind of is the difference between, like, a generation that really likes an IRL event and a generation that is more selfie-focused. Yep. Not to say that all millennials are. 
but it's a little bit more of like the, wanting the, the offline connection versus um, sort of the presentation or branding, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I, and I, I think Gen Zers want stability and security a little bit more, which tends to come with working for a company. Um, where millennials might have been a little bit more of risk takers. So, no, I mean, there's definite differences between the two, and um, I am, like like you guys said, very optimistic about the current class we have and, and what they're going to bring to this world. So I, I think it's exciting to continue to see how we'll, we'll all evolve. And Hillary, it's crazy. We're in back-to-school time. You went to USC, and I always, you know, like to share stories with students about back-to-school time for me and, and things that were funny and ridiculous. Do you have any any stories yeah, or any, anything you miss about being in college? And it's crazy because you live in the city that you went to college. Like, I went to Indiana, and I'm so far removed from it, but I feel like things must pop up all the time for you. I know. It is kind of crazy to think that, you know, I, I went to school just, you know, 20 minutes from here. So it's That's the main thing. to take breaks in between classes to have a two-hour break to rest or do whatever is oh my god it's so nice and definitely doesn't happen post-college I 
and no, set. I, was, I felt like I was really fresh for everything. Yeah. My brain was fresh. My mind was fresh for everything I did. Yep. Whereas now it's like I do more in a morning than I would do in like three days back then. Yeah. And you don't, you don't feel rushed. I don't know. I think that's something that, um, in college you have the luxury of not feeling rushed to get everywhere, especially since your classes and kind of your whole ecosystem is within walking distance. (laughs) Yeah. Where, um, you know, once you get in the real world, you're running around, especially if you're in New York or LA, you're never kind of in one place. So, uh, I, I definitely miss that. But I think you brought up a really good point of learning for the sake of learning. And a lot of times students, when they're starting freshman year, they'll kind of turn towards college fashionista to ask us what they should major in or what's the best major, what major is going to make, make us the most successful. I think that's such, such good advice to, to just do something to learn for the sake of learning that you enjoy. And chances are that'll kind of spiral into what you want your future career to be um, you know, as opposed to majoring in business, because that's what you hear is going to make you the most successful. Yeah, I just, I just looked at it like I'm going to have to spend, you know, three, four years focused on one thing. It probably should be something I like, because that seems like a lot of time to focus on something that doesn't bring me enjoyment or pleasure. So I looked at it that way, and I thought, look, I, I did have, I minored in journalism, so I had a side of something slightly practical. But um, I definitely enjoyed college way more than a lot of my friends who were like pre-med, but not sure what they if they wanted to do it, or in business school, but not really feeling it, but but feeling pressured by their parents right. to taking a specific route. Um, that said, I wish I would have taken perhaps a, a bigger range of classes. I, I was very I, I declared my major my freshman year and started working on that pretty early on. And if I go back, I think it would have been nice to take a few more. It's like I only had one elective in all of college, and it was a Beatles class, and I loved it, and I, and I would have done more things like that. Yeah. No, that that's good advice. Uh, or even if it's not a class, to just get involved in something on campus that's outside of your major. Uh-huh. And Catherine, yeah. I admire that you had an unconventional path, and you started working right out of high school, which I, when I was thinking about it, you know, really helped kind of push you ahead because while your peers were in college for four years, you were getting practical work experience. Um, do you think this this really helped benefit you get to where you are today? You know, it's funny. I, I absolutely do. For me, it did. Um, but I think I always think it's interesting that Hillary and I had such different paths, but we ended up at the same place. So, you know, I think it, it, it definitely depends on the individual and what you need in order to, you know, fuel your drive, your creativity, your desire to learn. Um, for me, I just um, had a desire to learn about things that happened in the real world, and that was what was inspiring to me. For Hillary, she was inspired by, you know, British literature and, and journalism, and so get, that gave her the room to... Um, and the drive to, um, you know, kind of get through it, persevere something, and then go out and get a career. Um, so, yes, for me, it absolutely did. It, it exposed me to, a, a, you know, kind of how to even go about getting a job sooner than most people, how to hold a job, how to excel in a job, just kind of, you know, behaviors that you learn just from this hands-on experience. And it also just gave me a lot of inspiration to see real people in real life doing it, um, not just sort of reading about it. So um, for me, that's what I needed, and it worked 
but it doesn't work for everybody, and it certainly doesn't work for every field. Right. Um, and I think that that's interesting because our students who intern in our office here in New York, I think about how they, the students who go to NYU or Parsons or FIT, they kind of get the best of both because they're in college, but they're surrounded by real people who are working when they, you know, head to, to class or whatever it may be. So they get to see, like, this is what real life is like. Like, you get on the subway, you go here, they're interacting with people in the working world, but then they also get to be in the classroom, and I feel like that's a really you know, nice kind of balance of both. I think interning is the number, is something that's so, so, so deeply important. I did a ton of internships at the end of school and when I was in grad school. And for me, that was incredibly valuable because it also, it gave me this insight into the print magazine industry, which is what I was focused on at the time. And I, by the time I got hired after our graduate school, I knew exactly what that job entailed. I was essentially doing that job in my various internships. I had a real sense of what it took to, what the tasks were, what my days would be like. It, I was very practical. And I feel like if I had tried to get that job or if I had gotten that job right out of college, I don't know that I would have been very good at it necessarily because I didn't necessarily, I didn't, I wasn't seasoned. I didn't have any sense of what it would take. So I feel like that I was lucky enough to be able to intern and really get a sense of the work world um, so that then I could make a more focused decision about my career path, even though I was coming to it a little bit later. Yeah. Like any kind of job, whether it's an internship yeah. or you're working at a restaurant or you're working in retail, I mean, it's so important as just a well-rounded human Totally. Um, who goes out and tries to build a career, you know, I worked in retail when I was young, and that's what I did, you know, on the weekends while I was interning or working for pennies during the week, I, you know, worked retail um, on the weekends, and you just learn, you learn about, you know, money, you learn what it's like to sell something, what it's like service. to deal with different personalities, Absolutely. Um, what happens when something's stolen, is there a consequence, so it's like you learn a lot of... Um, really important information and I think it's 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 just so important to create an academic system for yourself that supports allowing you to um, intern or have a part-time job yeah well and I mean Hillary you are lucky to go to USC and I think I mean really that's what started college is you know not being in in a, a city where I had an internship opportunity of course there were part-time jobs that could be had but um, I think that's you know really exciting for a college fashionista that we're able to to give students a little peek into the industry and to connect them with people so that they can you know be bettering their resumes and understand what the real world is like when they get out but it's uh, it, 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 it's just you guys are just such a a unique duo because you both had really different paths. And, and like you said, Catherine, but you both ended up in the same place. So I think that's really inspiring to students that it all works out no matter which direction you choose to go. Started at the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. What's important to you guys as female leaders in business? I mean, to me, it's that we don't think about being female. We just think about being great. That's important to me. Um, it's also important to me to coach other future female leaders um, so that, you know, they can focus on the same thing. Um, you know, it's really just about uh, bringing up the next generation and, and trying to just focus on the work 
and not, not think about the differences. I know it's interesting because we get questions like this a lot, and I think, you know, though we are deeply supportive of the women in our office, of the men in our office, of, our, of the young people in our office, of our entire team, we tend not to think about things in such gendered terms. And to Catherine's point, it's like great work speaks for itself. It doesn't matter who did it. Um, it doesn't matter if it was done by a woman. It doesn't matter if it was done by a man. It doesn't matter like if it was done. It, it just doesn't matter. So if you really just focus on the work, I think that's one of the most important things, as well as creating a culture and an environment where all people feel like they can thrive, um, regardless of their background, their ethnicity, their sexual preference, anything. Right. And, I mean, I think that's a good viewpoint. And I myself have been fortunate that I haven't experienced too many challenges um, when I was running college fashionista independently, and I felt like I was very supported from, you know, males and females. But there are, I think, challenges for female leaders, and it, it's unfortunate. Um, have you guys experienced anything like that firsthand? I mean, nothing extremely meaningful, like not as, as leaders, specifically, but, you know, when we were starting to build the business, we were known as the girls, and, you know, we had to... The who, what, where girls? Yeah, and and literally, that's just how, you know, people would refer to us, and I think, think, you know, but by the way, that also has certain advantages, you know, you you, um, bring a different kind of like feel and um, objective maybe to a meeting than than um, than a, your male counterpart might have or um, you know I think we have such an advantage because we're building products for female consumers and so it gave us a sense of ease that even in a room with a ton of men no one knew what we knew about these consumers um, and so you know or, or either that or I've totally tuned it out in the last 11 years, but I haven't, I haven't really experienced yeah, I think there was a moment in the beginning when Catherine and I would walk in to a, a meeting, and this is especially, like, in the very beginning, we were both blonde and had long hair and worked in fashion, and I think there were times when people would think, oh, like, these girls are liberty divots, like, we can push them around or we can give them this terrible contract, and they'll totally sign it. And right. Fine. Right. I always sort of liken it being bitten to death by a butterfly in the sense of, like, just because we look a certain way doesn't mean we don't have, like, killer brains and killer instincts. And so, it's, you know, I think there's a little bit of, of this in business in general. It's like people test. They want to see what they can get or what they can get away with. And ultimately, it was the fact that we had confidence in what we were building, confidence in our point of view, confidence in our brand, and, um, and a really keen eye for this doesn't work or this doesn't fit or this doesn't make sense or this contract is terrible, we will not sign away our likeness in perpetuity. Um, it really, it helps. So I think, you know, I'm sure there were people who underestimated us and frankly, I'm okay with that. Underestimate me all day long and then we'll just prove you wrong. And ultimately that's, you know, being successful is the best revenge. I mean, we were fighting an uphill battle for a lot of reasons, not because we were female. We were the first people to do this on the Internet. That was crazy. So we had to convince people why the Internet mattered and why, you know, you would want your products or your brands there. Um, or your clients. Yeah, right. so it was, uh, it, it, was, it was not always easy. It was never easy. It never is easy. It still, still is not easy, but, yeah. 
Yeah, but There's but always but difficult. but and and I think like you, uh, Hillary, you said I I feel like confidence and knowing that you're great at what you do and you believe in what you do is probably like the best piece of advice because you know whether our you know future style gurus go on to work in fashion or finance you know unfortunately some of them will be you know pinned against males in their careers and are going to deal with some issues and I feel like you just need to be like I know what I'm doing I feel good about what I'm doing 100% and also just because that was our experience doesn't mean to take away from all of the women who have had to struggle with outwardly sexist people in their work in the workplace obviously that is still a huge huge issue um, we have been lucky we will be the first to say that yeah but I think you know we we wrote a book called the career code and one of the um, chapters was about quantifying your worth. And this is great advice just generally for any human building a career, but you know, you cannot argue with data. So if you're going in and you're up against someone and maybe it's a male and you are worried about um, you know, kind of competing in a male-dominated business, um, you know, you, you basically have to, to prove that you're great and you can use data to do that you know you can say I you know increased the you know the last company I work with you know the value of this division of the business by X you know percent or I added you know 23 new individuals to this arm of the organization or whatever it is but you can sort of quantify the value that you bring to whatever it is you're trying to get into. Um, and that's, that's one way to go about it because you simply cannot argue with, with data. Data. And every, easier than bragging. Everybody wants to make money <laughs> at the end of the day. So if you can show how you've impacted, you know, a company's, you know, top or bottom line, then, uh, you know, I think that's pretty meaningful. Yeah. Nicely said. I, I, I think that's really good advice. Well, I always enjoy our conversations, but where are we going next here with CMG? Well, we are at such a fun place right now. We're experiencing the evolution of the three sort of markets that we do business in, you know, the media business, um, the marketing business, and the retail business. So we're at a, a point of change in all of them, and that's where it gets really fun for us because we get to anticipate and in many ways invent what is coming next. So, um, you know, right now we are doubling down on our communities, um, so our, our groups of really inspiring um, readers, shoppers, and we're listening to them and we're learning from them and we're watching their behavior and we're kind of anticipating what they're going to want next from the way that our content is distributed um, or looks and feels to um, a product that might be missing from their life and, you know, we may be able to create it. So we are constantly focusing on engaging our consumers to figure out what we're going to build for them next. I feel really good about everything that we're doing, and you guys are fantastic role models and leaders, so I think the best is yet to come for all of us. Let's hope so. That's a very, we always want the best is yet to come. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, thank you guys so much. It was so nice chatting, and I hope to see you both soon. 
Thanks, Thank Andy. You. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the new Office Hours by College Fashionista. Stick around for future episodes. Bye.